welcome to the first episode of the Tripped Up Podcast. I'm your co-host, Danny. What's up? I'm your other co-host here, Matt. And we're going to be talking about some NBA basketball. So obviously, like I said, this is our first episode. So we picked a hell of a time to get started with the season, obviously being on pause. But I figured now is probably a good time to get it, get out some just general NBA knowledge we're going to be talking about until the season starts up again, which it kind of looks like it might be moving in that direction. But uh, on this first episode, we're going to be doing our top 10 current NBA duos. So we're going to do our top 10 starting at 10 and working our way down and seeing how different our lists are going to be. And then we're just going to be talking about just COVID stuff in general, like how it affected the season. What do we think the season will look like once it starts up again, uh, if it starts up again, again, or it's looking like it's headed in that direction, but we're just getting more and more information each day, obviously. But if the season starts up again, who knows what that's going to look like as far as, you know, whether they're going to have fans in the stand, if they're going to be playing these games without, you know, having fans there. And it's, and I mean, I heard they were going to do it in like, weren't they, didn't they say they were going to do it in like Orlando or something like that with. Yeah. They were talking about picking like a central spot and just having all the players stay in like hotels around there. But that would be trash if they did that. <laughs> But, yeah, so we're going to be talking about that stuff. But, obviously, you know, like I said, the season's obviously on hold right now. So, we're just going to be talking some general NBA stuff and uh, doing some lists and stuff like that. And today, like I said, we're going to do our current NBA top 10 uh, duos. And we're going to do this with including injuries. So, that's one thing we, we kind of talked about before we started recording, which was uh, – are we going to be including guys who obviously like the Kevin Durant's of the world, the guys that did not play this season and uh, Kyrie Irving, obviously he played like, I don't know, half the season before it, uh, before it went down the shitter. But um, <laughs> obviously we're including those guys. And I'm sure, again, I brought this up before, Matt, you're probably not going to like where I have those guys, but that's neither here nor there for now. What do you, what do you think the season? Like if you had it your way, knowing what we know, how would you reopen the NBA games and stuff like that? If you were going to resume this season, would you have like, would you even bother with a regular season? Would you just say season regular season's over? You know, the standings are what they are right now and hop right into the playoffs or what would you do? Yeah, I think it kind of sucks for uh, like LeBron and AD guys who were in like first place in their uh, conference there. Yeah. I think at this point, They've missed so much time. I think they should just call it a season. So you don't even want them to start the season? No, I just think it's been I just think it's been so long at this point. Who knows what kind of shape these guys are in? Like not everyone has courts at their house. Like That's true. Um just coming back and not being in that everyone was like almost in playoff form getting ready to go in. And I just think at this point it's best to just call it a year, like it's a it's a weird thing, like just have no NBA season this year, and just kind of come back next year and see where everything goes. But yeah, at this point, I don't think they should keep going. I know. Interesting. I did not expect. Again, we for this show, obviously, we're we're going to talk prior beforehand before we actually jump into the, the thick of things. But a lot of this is going to be like off the top too. So we have like just our outright general opinion. And I did not think that I didn't know that you felt that way. We've been talking about basketball in general, this whole time. I did not know that you didn't even want a season to really to, to resume. You just want to go ahead and move it on to next year yeah, already. Hockey <laughs> made the call right away, which I thought was, like, pretty crazy when it first happened. They were they were about the same point in their season as uh, NBA was, and they pretty much made it made the call that, like, what, right around – it was right around March Madness was about to start, and they are like, yeah, our season's done. We're just going to call it. Meanwhile, yeah. NBA's been dragging it out. I know they want to get the season done probably for money just to get some profits there, but that's another thing, too. I don't know. All these players that signed the one-year deals to go on to, like, playoff teams and ring hunt and stuff, I don't know if they're – I don't think they're getting their full contracts. Um, hey, and I it, don't believe they are. It, it sucks for those teams who who signed that one year player just to try and get that ring to put them over, get that one last player to put them over, and they might not even have a season. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know what they're going to do. There's just so much that goes on in the off season alone. Like to try to make both the off season and 
still regular season if they do that. And then some kind of a postseason would be hard enough. But yeah, I'm shocked. I did not, like I said, I did not think you felt that way. But I don't, I don't know what they would do at this point, like you said, too. I, I mean, I would like to see them resume if they could figure out like a way to do it safely, even though there's, I mean, those dudes are going to be one sweating on each other, obviously. And then as far as whether they're going to have like, like if they have fans in the arena, or what they're going to like make every fan wear like a face mask while they're checking into the arena. Like, is that the only way that that's going to work? Or are they going to serve food or in alcohol? Like there's just so many unanswered questions that, they haven't even, I mean, I'm sure they're talking behind closed doors, but the public, we don't know anything, obviously. Like, it's just literally taking it day by day, and they, they really haven't said much, but I'm sure they have some kind of plan in place. But Lord knows what that actually, you know, what that's going to be. So, Yeah, I think they just started, I don't know, I think they're up to about 20 teams are allowing players to go to the facility now. and. Okay. I, there's still some teams and places where players aren't even allowed to go yet. So, yeah, yeah. I, I heard too that they were like, uh, like this was like last week or something that players were like having their own private practices and stuff like that. Like if you had your own, if they have their own court and stuff, obviously. Which I mean, obviously, I don't think they were supposed to be doing that, but like pretty much playoff guys that were possibly you know thinking the season might come back. Like some of those guys were practicing apparently, but like I said, it's gonna be like a lot of. It's to me like when I first thought about whether the games were going to come back, like it was almost like the equivalent of like the uh, the NFL when the training camp start every year. There's like six dudes that like tear their ACL yeah. at the start, and I was like, "Yo, this is going to be in the NBA. Like, there's going to be like five or six guys over the first couple weeks just fucking tearing a hamstring or tearing something because they haven't balled in like a couple months, and there's going to be like some crucial injuries." <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like these, who knows what kind of shape like these guys are in after not playing for months. Yeah, I mean, you got to imagine LeBron is staying in shape and like AD is, yeah. is staying in shape, but like, Lord knows, like I hate to say it because we're both Sixers fan, but Lord knows what JoJo has been doing over <laughs> the last couple months. Like, is this dude? He already had enough problems taking care of his body. Like, what has this dude been doing in a lockdown over the last like eight weeks? Like. Yeah. It's just scary to think about him coming back <laughs> on the court fucking 20 pounds heavier or something. Eating Chick-fil-A every day. Yeah, and drinking fucking Shirley Temples, playing fucking you know, Call of Duty and shit. And I'm like, Lord knows what that dude's body is like. But, yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be, like, I guarantee you there'll be some guys. I don't know if there's any coaches, like, against returning this season. I know, um, what's his name was talking about how he was, like, eager to come back and coach. I forget what who who it was, but uh, I haven't heard any like pushback from coaches and stuff like that. And I, it seems like obviously the players want to come back. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Still, who knows when they're going to give a final word on if the season's actually going to happen or not? I feel like they're just kind of waiting it out, just to keep fans hopeful. Maybe I don't know. They might have made a decision a while ago and just didn't break it to anybody. Yeah. Who, who knows them at this point? You know, if they resume the season, do you think they're going to give out awards, the end-of-the-year awards still? Yeah, I think you can still do that just because the award – there was only, like, one award race that was really coming down to the final stretch, I think, and that was MVP. I think that was just Giannis versus LeBron, whoever finished the best out of them two was going to get it. But the rest of the awards, I think, were pretty much set for the you most know- part. You don't think Zion was making a push at Rookie of the Year, or do you think he was Rookie of the Year? I think he could have made a push if he had more games under his belt, but six. I think he only played, I want to say 16 or maybe 19 games. Yeah. And, and granted, he did amazing in those games. Ja played the whole season, and he, I think he he's Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I think I have to look. I'm going to check this out real quick because I can't remember. Uh where they were in the playoff standings. But, I mean, yeah, the Grizzlies, they were in the playoffs. I mean, they're the eighth seed. Damn, they're the eighth seed with the uh, the Trailblazers a couple games behind them. So, I mean, realistically, they're a playoff team, too. I mean, it's not like Jaws balling out and, you know, they're finishing, like, 13th or something in the West. Or So, I mean, they would have been a playoff team, too. And I know the Pelicans were, uh, I mean, they were 10th 
in the standings. So, I mean, if we're looking at playoff results, you know, the Grizzlies would have made the playoffs and the Pelicans were on the outside looking in. So that makes sense. Well, who did you have for, I mean, this is a whole nother show, but we might as well get into it. Who did, who did you have a like defensive player of the year, coach of the year when you think about it? Oh man. Um, let me think. I think coach of the year, you would have to go to, uh, Budenholzer for the Bucks. Yeah. Um, I think they had the best. I think they were best record NBA. I think yeah, they were head of uh, Lakers. Um, let's see. Six man probably would have been. It was between uh, Harold and Lou Williams, both on that team. Probably Lou Will. That's like his award. They should probably name it after him at this point. Yeah, um, that that would be dope. I would not be opposed to that at all. <laughs> Um, then what else do we have? Defensive player of the year. Defensive. See, this Probably is... Probably AD, right? AD, I mean, I would say AD. I mean, Giannis is in there. I mean, I'll put Giannis in there. Giannis, AD, Ben Simmons, I would say, would be in there. I would probably give it to AD, though. If Ben could have never had that injury, I think he was on track to get it. Yeah, um, he was a monster on the defensive end this year. I think he, he definitely led the league in steals. Um, AD probably would have got it, though. Um, yeah. Which I wouldn't be opposed to, but Ben was ben was right there. Um, most improved, I would have to think about. I don't know that one off the top of my head. SGA, probably. SGA had a great, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I I, th- I can't think of it. I would say SGA for sure. I mean, he – that stat pissed me off. I forget. Someone tweeted um, – and this was, like, in the thick of the NBA season when it, it was, uh, uh, like, how SGA wasn't getting any love. Like, he was uh, on the uh, – obviously on the Thunder, and they were, like, fourth or fifth in the West or something like that. And someone had tweeted out, like, Bleacher Report, ESPN, and, like, Sports Center during the NBA season tweeted, like, a total of, like, 40 times about Alex Caruso – but they only tweeted in total of like four times about SGA. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's, that's so much disrespect. Like I, I love Alex Russo, like everybody else, but like the SGA was just getting no respect and everybody's just riding the absolute shit out of Alex Caruso for his four points and fucking two assists <laughs> a game. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, that's definitely disrespect. Nothing against Alex Alex Caruso, but yeah. Yeah, but like, come on, man. Like, that's why, like, why are we got to see this dude two, three times a week for his couple points? And like, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, that, I would say probably, unless I'm missing someone, I mean, SGA probably running away with it. I can't think of yeah. anyone else even close, really. I mean, Trey, Trey Young kind of balled out last year a little bit. Oh, I forgot about Bam, too. Bam out of bio, but I'd yeah. still give it to SGA. Yeah. Yeah, and um, what are we missing? So that's because you're blah, blah, blah. Well, who would you have given MVP to? I think you've got to give it to... Uh, I think I think I would have gave it to Giannis. Me too. Yeah, I would have given it to Giannis. I mean, LeBron would have had to... He was already making like a full charge steam ahead. Like he, I would have needed something absolutely ridiculous from him from the last couple of games in the season and... He probably would have done some crazy shit, like average like a thirty point triple double or something, and do what he had to do. But I, at that point, I think Giannis just—he was tailing off a little bit towards the end, but he did way too much, like in the beginning of the season and stuff, to just forget about that. So I probably would have gave it to Giannis too. Yeah, his numbers per—he was only playing like twenty four minutes a game, and he was still dropping like thirty points, twenty rebounds, and like ten. Yeah, man, that's just so scary. Like he doesn't even have to be. He never has to come close to, like, leading the league in minutes per game because he just doesn't have to. The fucking game's over by the third quarter, and he's already got a triple-double. So, uh, that's scary. Hopefully for the, again, speaking as a Sixers fan, hopefully, I don't know. I mean, he's definitely he's not going anywhere, but I would love to see him not in the East because <laughs> it's like, I think I said this before, like, I could see even if they don't get him, like, enough help like they, like the Cavs didn't get LeBron, I could just see him making like LeBron esque runs where it's like him and a bunch of scrubs, and but he's just so goddamn good. He just you know carries his way through the East and like he's just a monster. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's gonna leave. I don't think he's going anywhere. They're gonna throw like two hundred something million at him, and 
no point in turning that down. Plus, I think he wants to be there. He wants yeah, to he be- seems like he wants to be there for sure. So, yeah, I agree 100%. He ain't going anywhere anytime soon, unfortunately. But we'll see. All right, well, let's get into I've been dying to get into this. is going to be a lot of fun. So let's get into our current NBA top 10 duos list. So, again, before we get started, this is going to be our current top 10 duos, just two guys. So, you know, obviously some of these guys are going to have like a third or fourth guy that they, you know, it's not like these two guys are doing all the heavy lifting in some cases. Uh, but we're talking just the duos, obviously. We're talking, for instance, obviously guys that are going to make the list of LeBrons and the AD of the world, the Kawhi and the Paul George of the world, stuff like that. So our lists are going to be very different. We did not go over who was going to be on our list. So this is we're just going to start at 10 and work our way down to 1 to see what we got. But uh, I'll start with you. Go ahead, man. What's your number 10? All right, so number 10, This these two could probably, they're probably going to be on their way up, I would say, but I have them at 10 right now. I have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Don't even have them on my list, but yeah. so why Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? <laughs> so, Marissa, Tatum made huge steps this year, I think, as becoming an all-star. Um, Jalen Brown a little bit behind him, but... Okay. I just think those two going forward are going to be something to mess with. Um, even if Kemba, I think Kemba was out a lot this year. Um, Tatum's going to take over that team eventually. But yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, I see. I see them both on the up and coming, and something to be messed with. Okay, so I don't know if you have these guys on your list. So my number ten, which I saw this crazy stat about him, I did not know. I mean, thinking about it, it makes sense, but it's still like my brain was like, that can't be possible until I looked up the stat. But my number 10 is I got your boy, the Joker, and Jamal Murray from Denver. So the reason I put them at 10 is just because, like, again, like they're trying to take that next step to to be – they seem like they're championship contenders. Every year, it seems like the last couple of years, they finish inside, like, the top four of the West, and no one talks about them, like – but they, they've had a lot of success in the playoffs, and especially Jamal Murray. I mean, I think Jamal Murray got that big contract from playing in the playoff, playing well in the playoffs the way he does. So, yeah. I mean, it just seems like they're like a piece or two away. Maybe Michael Porter Jr. can be that that third guy, but they were uh, they just haven't – I don't want to say they haven't won enough because they, they've won a decent amount of playoff games, but they just, they just keep coming up short. So I put them there. But the stat that I saw that I'm going to try to pull up real quick – was um, did you know the Joker is tenth all time in NBA triple doubles? I I did not know that. I, I saw this list. He's got more triple doubles than Rondo. It's funny. Ben Simmons is fifteenth on the list already, but these are these are guys behind him. Rondo, he's got so he's at number ten with forty. The Joker is. Rondo's behind him with thirty two. Michael Jordan's fifth tied with Ben Simmons at 15 with 28. Uh, Draymond Green is number 18 with 24. But wow. the guys ahead of him, like James Harden has 40. James Harden is number eight, and he has 46 triple doubles. Jokic has 40. Like, I was like, that can't be right. But unless this stat, I'm looking at this wrong. It's on Wikipedia. I'm looking at it, so you know it's got to be real, right? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was like, there's no way that this dude's got 40 triple doubles. And I was, like, shocked, but... Yeah, it is very Joker like. That's what he does, man. Passing big man, so it makes sense. Yeah, I had them. Uh, they just got bumped off my list. I did have them on originally, and uh, they got bumped out. But they were. I had. That's a good, uh, good deal there. I had them for a while. Yeah, I would put. I mean, again, no, not to disrespect Tatum and Brown. Like they definitely. If I were to go eleven, twelve, they'd probably be in that eleven or twelve spot just because they haven't done a lot in the playoffs, but. I mean, Jason Tatum alone is he's you like you said you, he's already you could show this year like that game again. I forget when it was um, that game they played against the Lakers, uh, and it was his first game in L.A. after uh, Kobe died. And he I forget what he put up. I know they lost the game, but I mean you could that was like his to me that was like his coming out party of taking over the Celtics and like being the guy. Like I think he dropped like a forty forty five piece on them even though they lost. But the dude is just. This guy, I, I've said this before about Tatum, like at first it seemed like 
I wasn't that big on him because it just seemed like scoring was going to be his thing. But like, he's still young as hell, first of all. And he's still growing into his body too. Like he could still put on weight. Like the dude, the sky really is the limit for that dude. And then obviously Jalen Brown too is a hell of a player, but like I said, they were just outside the top 10 for me. I I couldn't put him ahead of uh, this guy. And then the next guys I have, well, I'll let you go ahead and hit your number nine. So what do you have at, at nine then? So at nine, I have uh, Luca and Porzingis. I have them at nine too. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, that's the first one that we're actually agreeing on. So yeah, so why do you got them there? Uh, Luca obviously was up there in MVP talk this year um, yeah, for a while until he fell out, but um, I think Porz- Porzingis needs to take another step, um, kind of get back to where he was when he was with the Knicks. He yeah. kind of showed it this year. He took over a few games and Luca's out. Um, he just needs to be more consistent, and I think they'll, I'll have him climbing up my list. But for now, it's just Porzingis needs to step up for me. Um, but right now, yeah, I have him right there at nine. Okay. Yeah, dude, one thing I'll say about Luca, like, obviously just, just the fact that they play on the West Coast and, you know, we're both in the East Coast, so we don't get a whole lot of opportunity to watch him play. But I live in – for those of you who don't know, I live in South Carolina now, and I was watching. Um, there's been a whole bunch of Hornets games on, obviously that they've just been replaying. And I watched this game with uh, the Hornets playing the Mavericks, and they were like playing the best games of the season. So this was a game that went into overtime, and the Mavericks ended up losing. But it was like the first time in a while that I got to watch Luca play, and I watched the whole game, and he just does whatever the hell he wants to do, like. Dude was like in the first quarter, at the end of the first quarter, I, I wish I would have wrote down the stats, but he had like eight, seven, and eight at the end of the first quarter. And I was like, yo, this dude is just skying in for fucking rebounds. He's just shooting wherever he wants to shoot. He's getting his shot off wherever he wants. He, he's setting up other players on the team. Like he was just doing whatever he wanted. And then it was like towards the end of the fourth quarter, he had like another 30 point triple double. And dude was just pulling up, just jacking threes. Hitting them, dude. Uh, it was amazing, and he's he's only like nineteen, twenty years old, and he's look. He looks like he's just doing whatever he wants to other grown men who are professional athletes. Like, so I can't imagine being there. It must be a real treat to be able to watch that dude all day, every day. If you're in, you know, if you're a Mavericks fan, or you're out in Dallas somewhere, yeah, and you you just want to watch good basketball. If he's on TV, whenever I get the chance, I'm gonna stop and watch that game because just seeing him play is pretty cool. Yeah, dude, dude, he's incredible, man. But, uh, yeah, so that's why I have him in, in Porzingis at nine, too. And, again, it's, one, just because of age, and, two, they, you know, they haven't played together long, and they're definitely on the up and up. But, uh, obviously, we just need to see more from them. And I agree with you 100% on Porzingis, which he just needs to get back to where he was, which he's working on it. Like I said, he, he, if it weren't for this whole COVID thing, you could see he'd probably be in prime Porzingis shape by the time playoffs rolled around and he'd probably be good to go. But um, this is a whole nother episode. I think if they added like another center, a true center, they'd be, they'd be legit. But uh, that's where I have them at. So moving on down the list though, on the number eight, what do you got at number eight? So these guys, I, I originally had these two ranked higher. Uh, but then I, I kind of sat down and thought about it a little bit. And uh, I kind of moved them back down the list. So I have uh, Ben and Embiid at number eight. I also have Ben and Embiid so at, <laughs> at eight. That's interesting. Our list is starting to come together a little bit, but next, I think it's going to start breaking off at some point. But yeah, interesting. So why do you got them at eight then? That's wild. So we got nine, eight and nine matching. Yeah, again, uh, I guess it's just kind of the whole thing with Philly is can they play together? Yeah, it's an age-off question. Yeah, uh, I – I still think they can. I still think it's a coaching issue. Um, yeah. I, I just think they need uh, need to get the right guy at coach and kind of settle uh, settle Ben down a little bit, get him to start shooting, obviously. If that's ever going to happen, who knows. But um, yeah. they, they definitely have the talent and potential. Uh, they just have to put it together, I think. Once they get that uh, – I'd have him move up, but for now, that's where I have him. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how much what to add to that. That's exactly how I feel. Like, one, I want to see them. I think they can play together, and it's not 
I used to feel like it's a, it's a matter of time. One of them has to go, and it's probably going to be MB just because he, you know, for the injury history and, you know, at the end of the day, I think Ben is just. I don't think he's better than Embiid, but at the end of the day, I think it's just it would be an easy choice to just keep Ben and and you know ship Embiid elsewhere. Unfortunately, because it's like I love Embiid, obviously, but Lord knows what you know where he where he's going to be at when he's thirty. You know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, the the fact of, that they struggle the way they do, the regular season record is where it is. There's no reason they shouldn't be in like the top three in the East right now. But I know they're flirting around like five or six right now as far as the seeding goes because they just they lose so many games that they should be able to win and i i agree again it is coaching like brett brown he's just gotta go well that's we'll save that for another episode but brett brown is uh brett brown's gotta go he's run his course in philly i think but uh and someone's for the love of God has to get Ben Simmons to shoot a goddamn jumper. Like if I had enough money and not that it wouldn't work for Ben because he's got all the money in the world. Like I would literally just sit on court side and be like, yo, I'll give you a thousand dollars for every fucking jumper you take. Like <laughs> I'll give it to you right here on the court. Like you take that jumper. I'm throwing a thousand dollars at you, dude. Like just do whatever you got to do. But, uh, it's just, there's just so many, like, they got so much potential to be able to play together and play well together, but they, they need a lot of stuff to work for them. And I think it's going to, it really starts with the coaching more than anything. So I think once they get Brett out of there, I mean, again, this is for another episode, but I'll ask anyway. So if, if they were to get Brett out of there, do you got someone in mind you'd want to see come in and work with JoJo and Ben in particular? Uh, all I, I would want somebody younger. Um, I don't have anybody picked out specifically right now, um, but I definitely want to get someone kind of young, kind of youthful, someone that would like maybe relate to them a little bit more. Um, not that Brent Brown is like an old style like coach or anything like that. Like I think he's definitely a player's coach, but I just want someone a little bit younger, I think, to kind of relate to them, I guess. Yeah, that is my fear of him coming back just because he's he's a player's coach. And even though I, for the most part, (laughs) I'm mad we're talking about this because this is like a whole other episode. But if Jimmy Butler was there, Jimmy would be like the first guy to be like, you know, I respect you and all Brett Brown, but you got to fucking go. Like he'd be the only guy to be like, yo, this shit's just not working. You got to go. But like, I feel like everyone else on the team on the low, they're like. They know it's not working, but like they they're gonna love Brett Brown, so they're not gonna speak ill of him or no, they don't have that voice in the locker room like Jimmy was to just keep it real and be like, yeah, this shit ain't working. Like, so we'll see. But uh, again, that's for a whole another episode. But I agree, man. They they gotta get a change. Something's gotta happen before they break up. In my eyes, everything needs to happen before they result to breaking JoJo and and Ben up. So yeah, I, I know. Damn well, we're not going to have the same number seven. So, what's your number seven? I'll be shocked if we have the same number seven. I have uh, a number seven. I have Westbrook and Harden. Okay. I do not have Westbrook and Harden. Hear me out. I will let you explain yours. But at number seven, I have Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Mm, Okay. Um, Yeah, I have uh, Westbrook and Harden here. I think they're both great one on one players. Um, I don't like they're fit together. I think they're both kind of players who can stand alone on a team, but I think they proved that last year. They both kind of need the ball in their hand. Um, yeah, I, I think they're better split up together as uh, one-on-one players than uh, kind of a duo working off each other. I think they should sure. get surrounded with uh, different role players. So I kind of have them down at seven right now. Okay, I have them a little bit higher. We'll get to them on my end in a little bit. I'll just speak on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So I have them at seven for one, for the pure fact that they haven't played a single second together. So that, to me, I'm not putting them in, like, my top five if they haven't stepped on the court together. But I'm I'm saying this right now, and I will be very adamant about this on this show, and people aren't going to like it, but I'm going to – I don't think this is going to work out between KD and Kyrie. Like – Looking at Kevin Durant, like his age, like by the time the season starts, I guess you could say this year or next year, whenever it's going to be, he'll be 32. Kyrie Irving, his, both of them 
more so Kyrie, in my opinion, over Durant. Both of them has been very injury riddled. Like Kyrie Irving's only been able to play 70 plus games once in the last five years. So the dude misses a lot of time. Kevin Durant, I don't want to say his body's breaking down. He's had some bad injuries, but he he's again, not getting any younger. And like, I want to see what the chemistry is going to be like between them. Like they both need the ball. I, I just don't know if that's going to work. Like they have like a lot of pieces around them. Like Dinwiddie, obviously, Lavert, you know, Jared Allen, who I don't I don't think he's that good, but he is only twenty two years old. And, you know, if you can develop him with two stars where he doesn't have to do basically anything but grab the goddamn ball, that could work out. But I just can't put them any higher than some of these guys I have on here who have won more, obviously played together a lot more, and uh aren't either as old or as injury prone. So I have them at seven and obviously they can move up from seven very quickly, but as of right now, I just there's no way I can put them past some of the guys I have. Like I, I couldn't put them past Westbrook and Harden right now just because they played together. Uh, you know, they've been doing well in the West right now, if I'm remembering correctly. They're uh uh I wanna say they're like fifth or sixth in the West, something like that. So I mean they're winning games, I mean, and they're doing what they gotta do in, in a very tough West and you know, fifth or sixth in the West doesn't sound great, but fifth or sixth in the West is like you got like a 40 and 25 record, which ain't bad, obviously, at all, man. So, you know, they're doing what they got to do. But um, and they're both on the court, obviously, too. Unlike, you know, neither of those guys are on the court, right? If the season were going on, neither of them were on the court right now. And even though the Nets were bare, I think they're like the A seed and they technically be in the playoffs right now if the season were to start back up. But at the end of the day, neither of those dudes are on the court, so I can't put them any higher than seven. So, okay, no, I, that's that's fair. I got them. Uh, I'll I'll just go on to my next because I got them right there. Um, six. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, pretty much what you said. They're not. They haven't played together. Um, that's just basing it off of uh, their individual accomplishments, pretty much. They're both yeah. in their own right. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that experiment works. I'm more so leaning towards it being. I think they're gonna be tough. I think it's more of a mental thing for them. They're both kind of we. I don't want to say weak mentally, but fucking Kyrie Irving's a lunatic, man. <laughs> I don't, no, like again, I, I didn't want to say it. Like you're hitting, you're taking the words out of my mouth, like. Yeah, it's hard to say what they are, but fucking Kevin Durant has got 18 burner accounts. He's doing Lord knows what. Kyrie Irving thinks the fucking globe's flat and all this other weird shit. And they're both just like, I don't know, man. They're just two of the weirdest dudes in the NBA. And I'm like, how is this shit going to come together on the court, man? Like, Yeah, I I think it's just going to be a mental thing. If they can uh, get past that whole thing and just play basketball... I could think it would work, but got all this other stuff going on, so we'll see what happens with them, too. Yeah, and it's just the chemistry thing, too, man. Like, it's going to take time for them. Like, LeBron and, and Anthony Davis, like, they're at the end of the day, like, again, if I hate to keep saying this because I really wish basketball was on, but, like, if playoffs been starting at the normal time and whatnot, like, you could see where LeBron and AD are, like, at the end of the day, once playoffs started, it would be like a two-man game with them and everybody else around them, the Kuzmas and Avery Bradleys of the world, they're just trying to figure out their role and where they can complement those guys the best. And I think that has to happen in next year with the Nets. Like, I don't think next – again, I brought up their age and their injury riddled. Like, I don't think next season they're going to come together and just going to be super chemistry. Like, I don't want to say next year is going to be a wash for them but they're going to need time to build together and play together. And if you don't count next year, considering it's the first time they're playing together, after that, Kevin Durant's 33 and a year older, obviously, and Kyrie Irving's a year older with his injuries. And it's like, how big is their window to win? And even though Kyrie is only like 26, 27, he has the body of like a 30-year-old in the NBA right now, man, with all his injuries, unfortunately. So... I feel like I could talk about the Nets all day, every day, because they're so interesting, because I could literally eat all these words, and they can come out balling out of control, or I could be right, but we'll see. <laughs> but I forget, uh, you said, uh, so you had them at six, correct? Yeah. All right. Uh, who do you have 
Oh, well, I forgot. Uh, my six. Jesus. So at six, um, I have Giannis and Chris Middleton at six. Okay. So, okay. So, yeah, I have them at six. I mean, it's almost, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's almost like you can, I don't want to say interchange Giannis or Middleton with like Bledsoe, but I think obviously Middleton's the second guy on that team. It's pretty clear. And, uh, you know, obviously you could fucking attach any, you could attach Brooke Lopez to Giannis. It doesn't really matter who you attach to him, but I have them there just from what they've done, obviously in the regular season, just, winning every game under the sun and then doing what they have to do in the East as far as getting out of at least like the first and second round. And, you know, there's not a whole lot I have to say about Giannis and Middleton, but, you know, winning means a lot, obviously. And they're doing a hell of a lot of that during the, both the regular season and the postseason, even though they seem like, again, they're kind of like the Nuggets in the way where they're just a piece or two away from really being, you know, sweeping through the East and doing what they got to do. But, but, you know, they get out of the first and second round for the most part, and they do what they got to do during the regular season. So uh, that's why I got Giannis in uh, Middleton at six. Yep. I uh, I have him right there at five. So we're just one off on him again. Okay. So you have them at five, too. So Giannis. Middleton. You got anything else to add on them, or do you want to go ahead and get the four? Actually, I keep forgetting. I have my five too. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um. <laughs> so I have at five. I have uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum at five. Okay. So and for them at five, uh, again, I think they out of all the backcourts in the NBA, I think they probably have the best chemistry. Yeah. They out, out of everyone. I mean, they they have just a hell of a lot of chemistry again. It just seems like they never have a lot to work with. I know they've been trying to get like another star on there to play with both of them, but and it seems like CJ McCollum's on the trade block like every goddamn year. But they, I mean, they make it work. Again, they they squeak their way into the playoffs. I know right now, if the season were to resume, they're on the outside looking in at number nine, I believe. But you know, they they keep doing what they do, and um, they got good chemistry together. Damian Lillard, in my opinion, is the most clutch player in the NBA. And that, again, that, for me, that means a lot on that list. And then C.J. McCollum, he's improved on his defense. He, obviously, he's a, kind of like a walking bucket. He can give you 20-25 whenever you need it. So that's why I have him in, uh, in Dame at five. Yep. I Again, I have them next spot up right there at four. Okay. So I have the I have James Harden and Russ Westbrook at four, and I know you had them at like where'd you have them at six or seven? Yeah, seven. Okay, so yeah, I have uh oh, I think I, I'm gonna go on a limb, and I'm assuming our top three are gonna be the same, so I don't really have much to add about um yeah. Westbrook and Harden. I mean, we kind of touched on them already when you had them at seven, so let's go into our top. I'm gonna go ahead and guess your. Number three is your number three. My number three, I'm assuming, is the same as yours. Is it Steph and Clay? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I have Steph and Clay at, at three as well. And uh, no, let's just bang out the list. So I got Steph and Clay at three. I'm assuming you have Kawhi and Paul George at two, and then LeBron and AD at one. Yep. Okay. Yep. So let's start with three, though. Even though I figured that's where our list would for sure. I was kind of shocked our list was kind of the same. But I knew the top three would for sure be those guys in that order. So uh, go ahead and get into uh, Steph and Clay at number three then. Yeah, uh, greatest shooting backcourt NBA history. Yep. Um, again, as far as duos go, uh, Clay is the perfect second man shooter. Um, they need other pieces. They're not two players who can. I guess kind of they can take over, but they still need they need other players around them. Um, right. The people that we put ahead of them are kind of standalone. They're they're gonna take over the game. Not saying that these two can't do that, but they're not. I don't want to say same caliber. They're just not. They're a different style. They're shooters, obviously. Right. They're I know not, what you mean. Like like a Paul George and Kawhi can clamp down on both ends of the court and and do what they got to do to, to kind of close out a game and win it as a Steph and Clay, you fucking blink and you're down 15 points. Like, yeah, they're, they're just different. They're just different. Like, it's hard to explain, but I, I know what you mean. Like, right. um, Yeah, so that's why I put them at three. 
Um, that's pretty much all I have on them, I guess. Unless you have yeah. anything yeah, I put them at three just because, I mean, obviously they're the most winning of everyone on the list, obviously, as far as just games and championships in general. But the reason I have them at three, like you said, like they're just, I mean, Clay is a hell of a player on defense too. And, and you now Steph, uh, he's not known for his defense, but I mean, he could for sure come up with a bunch of steals in the game in the blink of an eye before you notice. And you're looking at the fact that he dropped 40 in three quarters, but you know, he also had three turnovers, but like five steals that, that just, you don't even see it because you're looking at that 40 points he put up in the box score, but they can both do their thing on both ends of the court, obviously. But I just think just because, you know, they're just such a dangerous shooting duo. It's, and obviously they've proven that, you know, they're, they're going to do what they got to do during the regular season and postseason. That's, that's why I have them at three. And it was pretty easy for me to put them at three, but I could not, put them ahead of uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George at two. So yeah. what do you got for them two at two? Um, Kawhi kind of proved last year he's he was the best player until LeBron came back this year and kind of said, nah, not yet. I'm not giving up my crown. Yeah. Um, Paul George was coming off an injury, I believe. He didn't play the beginning of the season, I want to say. He kind of was going up and down a little bit this season. Um, he wasn't the Paul George of old where he would be consistent, but they're they're almost there. They're almost uh, that top spot. I think they beat the Lakers a few times this year. They might split the series, honestly. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Kawhi, Kawhi's pretty much – I wanted to see playoff mode Kawhi. Um, because last year, playoff mode Kawhi was fucking out of this world, man. Unbelievable. See, that's and that's what again I hate to like. I don't think we'll ever see something like that out of Steph or Clay, like what Kawhi Leonard did. Like Paul George, you could see that happening with Paul George. You could see that happening with like Anthony Davis and LeBron. But like, I don't think outside of someone out of outside of one of them dropping like 45, 50 points a game, I don't think you're going to see that from Steph or Clay. But yeah. yeah, they were just a, me personally. Like at all, obviously, both of us are pretty pretty young. I've never seen any kind of postseason like that from a player in, in NBA history, as far as I'm from what I've watched. Obviously, you know, like I said, we're both in our late twenties, so you know, we're not going. We don't have a as big of an NBA knowledge tank as everybody else, as far as just games watched. But like every day, every game, this dude was just. You just couldn't stop him. Like it was nothing. It's like he was playing a fucking cheat code or something, man. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't matter who was on him last year. Thing, we threw Ben at him. We threw Jimmy at him in the Sixers series. Uh, they threw. I'm assuming they threw Giannis on him. When yeah, they, man. The Eastern Conference. Then Clay Durant. It didn't matter. It didn't matter who was on him. Um. Yeah. So if Paul George takes that next step next year, uh, gets back to kind of like the old Paul George, they could be number one. Yeah. yeah but, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see where they're at too, especially with, um, again, this is going to be a whole nother episode. Eventually we're going to get into, um, just so you guys know, you know, we decided to open up with this top 10 duos list just to kind of, I guess you were going to say, get our feet wet and stuff like that. Just so you guys have a good feel for us and, what we're about and whatnot, but we're definitely going to have some fun with this, man. We're going to shoot the shit and we're going to get into when the time comes, at least again, that the difficult part about this right now is just kind of figuring out a timeline and stuff like that for free agency and the NBA draft and all that stuff. But we're going to get into the NBA draft and see, you know, what players we're going to do our top 10 big board of, uh, the prospects coming into the draft and, uh, where we want to see them go. We're going to be doing free agency shows as far as where free agents are going to go. But all of this stuff is depending on obviously the NBA and what kind of timeline they're going to be on. But um, for now we figured we, like I said, get our feet wet with this top 10 duos list, which is a lot of fun. But um, to kind of close this out and wrap this up, let's get into the number one, obviously at LeBron and AD. And then we'll just, we'll get into a little bit of uh, about ourselves and then, uh, kind of what you can expect from the podcast going forward, but it's, dude, this has been a good first episode. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'll let you, uh, I'll let you go there. What do you have on, uh, Ron and a day? 
I mean, it's just simple, man. They're both two of the most dominant players at their position in the league. And I mean, I know for the most part, LeBron's been like playing point guard. So when I say at their position, I just mean small forward and power forward pretty much. So you could throw whoever you want at center, which they've been basically doing with like JaVale McGee and, uh, and who? Dwight Howard. Yeah. And Dwight Howard. And, um, you know, again, like I kind of touched on it earlier in the show, like at the end of the day, once playoff starts, it's going to be like a two-man game kind of between LeBron and AD, and it's everyone else just compliment as best as you can and get the hell out of the way pretty much. But And if you're Avery Bradley and Danny Green and Alex Caruso, hit open shots, and that's that's it. Like, you're not going to be asked to do a whole lot because both those guys are just so goddamn good. You could just ride them right to the NBA Finals and just as long as you compliment them and do what you got to do, the rest should pretty much fall in place. But they're by far, as far as small forwards and power forwards go, they're the two most dominant. If you want to, I mean, I don't know. Again, Giannis is right there, obviously, with LeBron. But I don't, I don't know which one. Like, who would you say is more physically dominant or opposing, LeBron or Giannis? And this is just talking LeBron and his frame and how muscular he is versus Giannis and his frame and how fucking lanky he is, like. Physically dominant, I would probably say LeBron. Okay, um, that's interesting because I kind of say Giannis just because it's like the dude could take two steps and fucking from the three point. Like I just I don't know. Like <laughs> by physically dominant, I mean like I saw Zion kind of bully Giannis this year yeah. when they played. Just Giannis is don't get me wrong. Like Giannis is strong as hell. Like that dude. Yeah. Uh, I just think. Athletically speaking, um, I would I would categorize him more as like an ath- athletic guy, I guess I want to say. Um, just like you said, he can take two steps from like the three point line and dunk the ball, whereas LeBron can back you down. He can shoot outside. He can yeah, pass yeah. it. They're both physical as hell, but I don't. Know, I mean, that's a wild question. Even that's again it's for another episode, but it's uh. Yeah, man, that's a, I don't know. But either way, like I said, uh, to me, they're both you can 1A, 1B, and you can flip them all day, every day. But they're by far the two two of the most dominant players in the league in themselves. But you had LeBron, and I mean, like, could you imagine if, God forbid, Giannis had, like, AD? Like, fucking, yeah. how do you never score on that, man? Like, it's, <laughs> but just from talking LeBron and AD again, like, it's going to be a two-man game. Like, they're both on the defensive end, fucking good luck. And then on, on offense, it's like, you know, pick your poison. If you, you, you can shut down LeBron, not, not even shut down. Let's say contain LeBron all you want. AD is going for 40 and 20 then. Like, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, they, and there's just so, again, the biggest reason I have them at number one is there's so they can hurt you in so many different ways. Like they will lock your ass down on defense both of them will combine in one game. Both of them can combine for 75 points and 35 rebounds. You know, even, God forbid, if they struggle on the offensive end, they'll do enough on the defensive end on their worst night to keep them in a game. Like, and it's it's hard not to put something like that at number one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. I'm right there with you. All right, so that is our top ten list. But like I said, to close this out, um, this is episode one of the tripped up podcast. And, uh, you know, I'll get into, I'll plug our social media stuff, um, in the, uh, show notes and stuff like that. So you can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and you can, uh, email, email us for, you know, whatever reason at tripped up pod at gmail.com or excuse me at outlook.com. Um, but I'll plug all that stuff in the show notes and then we'll start plugging it at the end of the episodes and whatnot. But again, this is episode one of this podcast, but for now, we're just getting our getting our feet wet a little bit. We're gonna have a lot of fun talking a lot of trash and shit, and uh, yeah, just doing what we do. So, if you got anything to add, man? No, um, yeah, like we said, it's all gonna kind of depend on the NBA timeline here. We're kind of figuring out what they're doing, as I guess they're figuring out. So, we'll kind of base our shows around that. Um, but now, that's pretty much pretty much it. This has been fun. Uh, yeah, man. We'll have some other fun uh, ideas in the works here for you guys to listen to. So keep tuning in. 
Yeah, I know, like I said, the season's on pause, but we're going to do everything we can to kind of keep the show fresh and, like I said, have some fun doing what we're doing and just talking basketball. But once everything comes back, it'll probably be a lot more fluid. But for now, just like everyone else with pretty much every sport right now, we're just waiting day by day to see what it is they're going to do. But for now, this is what you can expect from us. We're going to be be on here probably at least once a week, throwing some episodes out and – getting into some lists that we're going to do again, we're going to have working on our big board as far as the draft, as far as our top 10 guys. And then we're getting into some free agency stuff and coaches and GMs on the hot seat, all that good stuff. But a lot of that, like I said, is going to uh, come down to when the NBA season actually picks up again. But other than that, dude, that's all I got, man. You got anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Yeah, I think, I think that's it. Cool. All right. Well, again, thank you guys for tuning in to the first episode of the Tripped Up podcast. Again, uh, you know, you can find us on, you know, Instagram and Twitter. It's just going to be the Tripped Up podcast, uh, but I'll have all that stuff in the show notes as well. So what's up, Kat? So (laughs) Matt's cat's on the screen. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) yeah, you can catch us on on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. I mean, I Personally, I'll be on Instagram a lot more than Twitter. I'm just going to keep it real before we even get into the thick of things. But, you know, to me, Twitter, I do another podcast as well, the Illus Podcast So Far. Be Make sure to check that out, the IllusPodcastSoFar.com. Cheap plug. And uh, I don't know. Twitter is, like, it's cool. But I feel like in, as far as posting what we're going to be posting, Instagram, as it's probably going to be very heavy on the Instagram side. But. Like I said, find us on Instagram at the Tripped Up Podcast, and then you can go ahead and email us if you have any questions or anything you want us to talk about. You want to be a guest on the show, which we'll have guests on too. We'll have our friend Aaron, who is uh, he'll probably end up being the first guest we have on the show to talk some basketball as well. But uh, you could email us at trippedupod at outlook dot com. And uh, yeah, man, that's all I got. So. I appreciate you guys turning tuning into the first episode and we'll get back to you guys next week. So peace. Peace.